From Madison, Wisconsin, World Dairy Expo presents The Dairy Show, the digital meeting place of the global dairy industry, where we sit down to talk cows, cutting edge technology, and the colored shavings. Hello everyone and welcome back to The Dairy Show and Happy New Year and welcome to 2021. We have made it and as we kick off the new year, it is my privilege to actually announce today on this podcast the 16 individuals selected to serve as judges during World Dairy Expo 2021. So our official judges were voted on by 2019 Dairy Cattle Show exhibitors and our associate judges are nominated by the official judge and reviewed by our selection committee. The full roster of 16 judges then is approved by Expo's Dairy Cattle Exhibitor Committee. And we are so excited to see this group uh, truly bring a global perspective to our world-renowned show held in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, that is scheduled for September 28th through October 2nd in 2021. So without further ado, our group of judges for the 54th World Dairy Expo is as follows. The International Ayrshire Show will see official judge Michael Creek of Hagerstown, Maryland, alongside associate judge Jamie Howard of Burgessville, Ontario, Canada. The International Brown Swiss Show, held on Wednesday and Thursday, will be officiated by Lynn Harbaugh of Marion, Wisconsin, alongside associate judge Philip Topp from Botkins, Ohio. The International Guernsey Show will be officiated by Molly Sloan of Columbus, Wisconsin, with her associate Glenn Lucas from Drumfreeze, Galloway, Scotland. Our International Holstein Show, held on Saturday, will see official judge Mike Berry of Powell, Butte, Oregon, and associate judge Tom DeGroote of Rosedale, British Columbia, Canada, standing center ring. And our International Junior Holstein Show, which will kick off Expo Week, will be officiated by Brandon Ferry of Hilbert, Wisconsin, and Associate Judge Tyler Reynolds of Corfu, New York. Selected to serve as the official judge of the International Jersey Show is Chad Ryan of Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, and the Associate Judge is Kevin Dobriner of West Salem, Ohio. The International Milking Shorthorn Show will be officiated by Dean Doley of Halfway, Missouri, and Associate Judge Keith Fisher of New Enterprise, Pennsylvania. And rounding out our group of judges is the pair for the International Red and White Show. Official Judge Pierre Boulet of Montmagny, Quebec, Canada, and Associate Judge Richard Landry of Saint-Brigitte-des-Sous, Quebec, Canada. Again, we are so excited to see this incredible group of judges joining us at World Dairy Expo 2021 this fall. And it only seemed fitting that as we announce the slate of judges that we also invite two of them onto the podcast today. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Lynn Harbaugh and Chad Ryan. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Well, Chad, you are going to be on the Colored Shavings first the week of World Dairy Expo judging the International Jersey Show. So we'll let you go first in introducing yourself. Uh, my name is Chad Ryan. Um, I farm with my parents, uh, Mark and Mary, my wife, Amy, and two boys, Dylan and Cameron, uh, just uh, about an hour and a half northeast of Madison in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, um, where we milk about a 
80 cows and run another 120 livestock and about 400 acres of land. Um, we do a fair amount of showing at local, state, and national levels. And uh, I guess our our main uh, our main philosophy is breeding for type, and we certainly uh, we uh, we enjoy our experience at World Dairy Expo on, on a yearly basis. Yeah, well, we love having you there, whether it's as an exhibitor or a judge. So uh, thank you for doing that, and thanks for being a part of the show today. And uh, Lynn, why don't you take a stab at introducing yourself? I'm Lynn Harbaugh. I reside in Marion, Wisconsin, with my wife, Sarah, and our three children, Jacob, Logan, and Madison. Uh, we have a 20-acre farm at where we raise show heifers, uh, primarily red and white and black and white Holsteins, but we do dabble in some colored breeds a little bit as well. And I'm employed full-time at Central Star Cooperative as a uh, area sales manager, primarily selling semen uh, through select sires. Yeah, you're a familiar face at Expo, too, uh, both on that exhibitor and judge side. So um, as, you know, you're going to be at Expo this year, both having your kids exhibit, but also as judges. So how did you get to this point of, you know, being at the level to judge at World Dairy Expo, what did the start of, of your judging careers look like and how did they progress over the years? Well, like a, like most people, um, I started judging through our 4-H. Um, I had wonderful leaders in Fond du Lac County that uh, certainly uh, keened my interest in it right away and, and judged um, throughout 4-H and judged at district contests and state contests and national contests also and then uh after that i had went to the attended the farm and industry short course where i judged there at the post-secondary contests at uh louisville fort worth and uh, world dairy expo and after graduation of short course i actually had started doing some cattle fitting and working some sales and stuff like that and and working at a lot of shows and got asked to judge a district show and from there, it proceeded to more district shows and back to even doing some county fairs and then on the state fairs. And from there, uh, fortunately and uh, thankfully, kept climbing the ladder and got to finally judge at World Area Expo. So, Yeah, it's not a, a direct route for sure. And Lynn, how about you? What was, what was your path to get to this point? Yeah, it was very similar to Chad's. I was blessed to have a great uh, 4-H dairy judging coach, Julie Larson, and, uh, you know, was somewhat competitive on the 4-H level, went through the short course program at Madison and was on the judging team there. And uh, I think I judged my first county show when I was 19 years old, uh, the Big Four Fair in Postville, Iowa. And uh, it just kind of grew from there to several county and uh, district shows and fairs and then into some state fairs. And, uh, you know, blessed to have had the opportunity the first time in 2007 to judge on the colored shavings. And I guess the rest is history, as they say. Well, it's great that you guys both share a similar, you know, journey and career judging because you have judged together at Expo um, and in reverse roles, I believe. So once as official, once as associate in both roles. And obviously you've had independent appointments as well. But tell me about the relationship 
when you're judging together, how does that change depending on your roles or what was that like? Oh, gee, you could tackle this one. <laughs> well, it, the very first time I got to judge at Expo was, as I said, 2007. And at that time, they did not have associates for the smaller shows. And uh, I think implementing an associate is one of the really good things that World Dairy Expo has done for the judges at the shows because you're you know, judging the most valuable cattle and it's good to have that second opinion. But with all of that being said, uh, the very first time I asked Chad to be my associate, he told me no because he wanted to be out in the barns. And then the second time I asked him, uh, fortunately, he said yes and helped me with the Ayrshire show. And then, uh, you know, he returned that favor to me last, the last time Expo happened in 2019. And I got to serve as his associate for the Holstein show. And Chad and I, ever since we met each other in 1996, uh, have seen cattle a lot the same um, and just have a lot of the same philosophy on cattle. So, for me, it was the first time I got, I could have an associate. It was just a natural fit for me to ask him. And, you know, then uh, he didn't. But then the following time when I got to judge at Expo, he said yes. And, uh, you know, we we were entirely in sync. And I think last year, too, uh, when we did the Holstein show or in 19, we came back to the middle of the ring only two times in all the classes and didn't have the same animal winning. And I think that was really, really neat. And it just bolsters your confidence when you're out there together that you're seeing them the same. And we, and we do, you know, we've worked a lot of sales together and go to a lot of shows together. And it, it was such a comfort. We had such a comfort zone with each other. And, and I think that's what made it really makes it really enjoyable. Not only, you know, we see cattle the same and we like the same kind and it, it just makes it a lot easier. And, you know, like for me, that I think is the greatest part also with the having the associates for me, when I, the, when I served as Lynn's associate was my first time on the colored shavings and I'm not going to lie them first couple classes, your eyes are quite wide open and, and it's a, uh, it's, it's almost like you got to pinch yourself to, to wonder, you know, if this is, this is real, it's, it's so cool. And it's, it's just a different, different place to be is in the middle of the ring, especially at world area expo. And, and I think after that being a lead judge after that, for me, it was so much more comfortable and relaxing and, and, and not so not having that wide open eye, you know, where you're, you know, it just kind of falls. It's just more, like I said, it's way more relaxing. And it, that's what I liked the most about the associate part too, was it really, uh, it was, it was a great experience to start with before being a lead judge too. Yeah. You're able to work out some of that deer in the headlights moment. Maybe that, That's what I was trying to say. Correct. Yeah. So yes. what are, what are judges talking about in the center of the ring? When, when you get together, these big classes are happening out there. What, what's, What's being said? Is the microphone off? (laughs) (laughs) When you get to the middle, it's pretty neat 
to, you know, be in that moment when you're looking at the best animals in the world, regardless of the breed, and, you know, you get the opportunity to share your thoughts with another person that sees them a lot like you, uh, it, and, and the things you talk about are the things that are important to all dairymen, this, you know, the right size cows, cows with great feet and legs, cows with quality udders, cows that have dairy strength, cows that have a lot of will to milk. You know, I, I'm a big believer that most dairymen want the same cow. They just want it in different sized packages. And, uh, you know, those are really the things that hit home when you're standing in the middle of the ring having those conversations, I think. Yeah, and you talk, you know, you talk about two cows that, you know, or classes or whatever on top, the the ones that kind of fit together nice that, you know, that have that nice pattern and they kind of all, it seems like you get them that first group and then the rest just kind of, you know, follow follow in order you know the way you're looking for them and everything kind of falls into place you know uh, um yeah and it and it makes it so much easier if you have that one that really jumps out to start a pattern with and, and work from that absolutely and, and those are the fun ones that are those are the ones that are fun yeah. to judge too right the, where they're just absolutely she walks in and you know she's gonna win yep. that class yep. yeah so how have you seen cows change uh, over the years or during your careers, maybe even back to your high school or college days, what what have been the biggest improvements or even changes that you two have witnessed? Well, I'll I'll say ten years ago, I didn't think it was possible that cows' udders could get better, and uh, believe it or not, they have. And it, it, it's just, I, I that's the part that amazes me: the quality to the cows, the quality to their udders. Um. I think we've been starting to get a little bit more lenient on frame and, and not necessarily having these monsters, these dinosaurs anymore that are winning shows because they're just not the kind of cows that most people can, can take care of and, and, you know, and more and more people now. And I, and I think judges too, like the more modern and, you know, the more balanced, balanced cows that, and I think that's, that's it took a while but i i think that's more and more and more people are leaning towards and i i think that's quite important but for me the it's amazing how good the udders are on these cows anymore and especially for the amount of, the amount of production that a lot of these cows yeah. can sustain and, and maintain the udders that they have it's it's a pretty pretty impressive thing yeah is there is there a breed that stands out most as far as making the largest improvements during your lifetimes? Oh, I think all of them have made, you know, a vast amount in, of improvement, um, you know, maybe some more than others in dairiness, uh, you know, maybe the reds and the shorthorns in particular, uh, you know, the, they're cows that are more, you know, modern, if you will, and, and have more dairy quality throughout. Um, you know, I think all of the breeds have improved immensely in feet and legs. I think, you know, the Guernsey breed seems now more than ever, you know, we're seeing cows in that breed that have a balance of some strength and dairiness. And, uh, that's really neat to see as well. And you're, you're seeing a lot of these, these older cows now 
come back more now year you know since the start of ivf and but you see these older cows coming back year after year which i think is just uh, it's simply incredible how they can still look just as good the following year yet age and you know throw and push all that milk through and uh, i think that's it's been quite amazing too why do you think we're seeing more old cows continue to look good as old cows or to mature nicely? Well, I think today versus 20 years ago, so many of these elite show cows live in an environment and a facility where that's a main focus 365 days a year. And maybe not that it wasn't 20 years ago, but it's it's been taken to a new level now in a lot of these, you know, show facilities and show herds and the day-to-day care uh, that these cows get is, uh, you know, it's impeccable, really. Sure. So where where do the cows go from here? I mean, what, if we're moving towards a moderate cow now, we've got, you know, outstanding udders that are what dreams are made of, but where, how do we continue to improve? Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, the thing for me that, probably everyone needs to be the most cognizant of moving forward is inbreeding it you know it seems like our gene pool at least for Holsteins in my mind is getting smaller all the time whether it's you know the commercial side or the show side with the genetics that are available to make the kind that you know all of us really appreciate on the colored shavings so I I think you know, for me, that's one of the challenges moving forward. Yeah, your selection of bulls are certainly a lot more minimal now than they've probably ever ever been to breed that extra special kind. They're more, maybe a little bit more commercial orientated. And uh, certainly they make great cows too, but as we know that they're not all cows that... Uh, there's two, you know, certainly wonderful commercial cows and there's great cows that go in the show ring, but sometimes they're not both. Yeah. So that's actually a perfect segue. Cause I, I've always, I, I shouldn't say I always, I continue to be asked how show ring genetics are related to commercial cows. What can commercial dairymen get out of watching the dairy cattle show at Expo and, and is there a connection there in your guys' minds? Well, I, I think, you know, obviously the, the beauty of it is just the pageantry of itself. But, you know, as we talked about, you know, I think the bridge is getting narrowed or the gap is getting smaller all the time because, you know, the show ring has accepted moderate sized cows and, uh, you know, for all commercial dairymen, I think nine out of 10 of them would tell you their favorite cows are their moderate size cows. And, uh, you know, I think we're doing a great job of having an, an extreme appreciation for cows that are balanced. They don't have to be extreme in stature, but, you know, you want them extreme in, in a lot of their other qualities. And, uh, you know, I think there's, you know, some real similarities and synergies with that along with some commercial cows. I also think commercial dairymen will tell you too, if if they have an excess amount of cows, that if somebody comes in and they're looking to buy cows, they still want their prettiest, 
their fanciest cows. I mean, that that's still, it's still what everybody wants. I appeal still sells. Uh, yes, exactly. I, I think that's still important for both. Sure. Do you think it's because there's a, a, a subconscious, you know, connection between a, a nice looking cow and the belief that she is, you know, complete enough to be productive in life? Is that where it lands or is it something else? Yeah, no, I think everyone understands that, you know, cows with snug udders and cows that have udders above the hock and cows with sound feet and legs are going to last longer and wear longer than cows that don't have those things. And it's no different than, you know, those types of cows get placed at a show. The best uttered, the best foot and leg ones are typically going to place over the other ones. And those are the same kind of cows that commercial dairymen want to move through their parlor every day. And they're the ones that last the longest usually too. Sure, because they're just they're all there. Right. Less less chance of greater chance of being trouble free. Sure. Okay. So trouble free cows typically are cows that are not well known um, to commercial dairymen, and that's the best thing you can hope for. But our favorite cows in the show ring are very well known. Uh, so who are some of the most memorable cows that you two have judged or named grand champion over the years, whether it's been at Expo or other shows that, that you two have officiated over? Well, you know, at Expo in 19, uh, you know, I, I think it's really hard to not, you know, consider Gold Barbara as one of those cows, you know, a cow that's lived a long time and is so youthful. You know, I had the privilege, uh, you know, of making Red Rose, champion the year that i did the red and white show um so you know and, and when you get to that level you know you admire all of them that come to the middle of the ring and get to be champion you know it just the ones that you know are in the breeds that you grow up with you know those names never leave the tip of your tongue yeah for me too i i'd have to say gold barbara i mean a, a cow that I remember, uh, and I don't know if this needs to stay on or not, but I remember going back into the center of the ring. You talk about what we talked about earlier. You don't, you're so focused out there that you don't even visualize. You don't have time to think who each animal is, or if you've seen them before or anything like that, you just go out and you place them. But I do remember when I laid eyes and I saw that cow come in, I'm like, Oh my gosh, she looks amazing. And I remember going into the center of the ring and saying to Lynn, I didn't even realize that cow was still alive anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first thing I said. And I'm like, Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but she, uh, yeah, she's an, was an amazing cow. And, and I thought that day, uh, a hands, you know, I should say that day we thought she was a hands down winner. And, but sometimes you don't even realize, like I said, that they're still around and they can still win. <laughs> Yeah, those old cows are always impressive. So who are some of the, the other, you know, greats that, that you t two have seen in person, um, you know, that you either competed against then or just witnessed their their moments of triumph? Oh, I, I was always a, a huge fan of Rainy Ridge Tony Beauty. Um, I love, and for me, you know, you talk about cows that are, age well and move around like a lady and and she was just one cow for me that i just always admired and and that's what i think what 
made last, you know, 19's champion so neat because uh, same thing, a cow that moved so gracefully and 10 years old and certainly uh, had aged exceptionally well. Yeah, you know, True Lane James Rose, you know, that cow set the bar for modern-sized cows with incredible udders. You know, um, the brown Swiss cow, Delilah, that's been supreme here the last couple times. Uh, you know, that cow's like a Mack truck coming at you when you see that cow. It's amazing how much dairy strength and length of frame that cow possesses. Yeah, and you you know you talk about all the breeds. I mean, when you or you know you select the supreme champion, and you see the champions at the end of the week, it's uh, the seven cows. It's a uh, no matter what color you like or what you like more or whatever. At the end of the week, it's uh, it's seven amazing cows. Yeah, that's that's a process that nobody ever actually sees at Expo. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what that looks like, you know, picking that Supreme champion on Saturday night? I mean, you got to, once you find out the, the information about the cows, obviously you're depending on when you're judging that week, or if you've, you know, if you've seen them the day they were champion or whatever, but you're looking at them that day and you're comparing them within the breed and, and um, yeah, you're, you're you're really trying to compare each breed to the true, their own true type model and, and which cow for her breed most closely resembles that. And, you know, I, I think that the panel, you know, does a great job of sorting through that and, uh, you know, given, given the right cows, they're due. It's one of them deals where you, you almost can't go wrong. I mean, it's, yeah, that's no small task, though. I mean, those are, like like you said, those are seven of the best cows out there, and they're beautiful in their own right all the way through. Okay, so as we get ready to wrap up, I'm going to ask one last question, and that is, as seasoned uh, veterans of the judging world, what is some advice that you have received that's that still impacts your judging today or what's advice that you would share with, with young judges just getting started? Um, I guess advice that I had given when I probably got going that I, I still certainly keep in the back of my mind is, is pick them the way you like them and, and stick to a pattern. And, and at the end of the day, I, I, I think it's the one person that you need to make happy is yourself and when you leave you know it's you know and I always tell myself your friends your real friends are going to be your real friends when it's over and I mean it it, and it's as a a judge and an exhibitor that holds true yeah yeah and I don't know uh as far as advice for young judges I I think it's really, especially when you're judging junior shows, I think it's really important to talk to the exhibitors, the, the juniors. And I, I think it's really important. And maybe you, maybe you say something you'd like to change about their calf or their heifer or whatever, but I think it's important that you say something positive too. I always try to say one thing that I change and one thing I really like. And, and you certainly don't want to, you know, you want to keep you don't want to discourage them and you want to keep them interested 
as as juniors and and I, I for me I I think that's pretty important as a as a young judge when you're judging junior shows is to to keep it positive you know to the best of your ability yeah and I and I think you know it's so important you know for judges at any level but especially at world dairy expo you, you pick people to go out there with you that you know are going to have your back when the show is over and uh people you know you trust and and that's part of the advice you know that goes without saying when it comes to that type of stuff but some of the best advice i ever got was you know from perry fendi said when you're out there, you make sure you keep the show about the cows and not about you. And, uh, you know, I think that is so, so true. You know, we're blessed. The cows bring us together, but the people with the cows is what it's really all about. And, uh, you know, you want to show due respect to all the exhibitors and the cows and remember that the cows are why you're, why you are there and got selected to offer your opinion and keep the show about the cows and, and not about yourself. And I think it's just, it's important. It's just as important to give that last place, the, the same look you gave that first, the person that's winning the class because they pretty good chance have just as much time in it and invested money invested in it. And I, it's only fair to each exhibitor that you give them that, you know, that good look they deserve. Yeah. That's, you know, truly encouraging too, as an exhibitor to know that, that you did get a good look and that the show is about the cows. That That is great advice. That is a perfect way to kind of tie this whole thing up for the day. So uh, thank you both for joining the podcast and uh, we'll see you guys on the colored shavings this fall. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you all for joining us this week for The Dairy Show. Remember to like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are streaming it from. And don't forget to tell your friends about The Dairy Show. We would love to have them join us. And last but not least, if you have any speaker suggestions or thoughts about the show, feel free to let us know and contact us. Our email address is wde at wdexpo.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time.